0: Welcome to this special episode of Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast dedicated to the very best in productivity and professional development in the nonprofit sector. I'm convinced a big part of professional success in the nonprofit sector is you taking a a proactive approach to your personal strategic planning and, frankly, not waiting for your organization to help do it for you. That is a central theme to the path to nonprofit leadership and the framework we've developed. As we talk about seven distinct elements that help you build the kind of plan you need for long term success. Now, these episodes are being recorded at the end of 2019, and they will certainly help you think critically about the year behind you, but more importantly, help you begin to build a framework for your 2020 plan. Now if you're listening to this at a different time of the year I certainly think the four exercises I'm going to recommend are applicable to any time of year as you are looking back and planning forward at the same time. If you haven't done an exercise like this which I would call a year-end annual review um, consider taking a couple of hours to do it. Uh, You can go Shorter or longer, depending on what level of deep dive you want to do into these exercises. But again, I am convinced that some time spent in reflection over the past 12 months will help you be sharper and provide more clarity to the path ahead of you in 2020. And I'll talk more about in an episode to follow about specifics around the 2020 plan. But first let's dive into this episode, which will provide you four distinct activities to help you review 2019 and be more effective in your 2020 plan. All right, let's jump into it. The first exercise I'm recommending in your 2019 annual review is a strategic calendar review. And again, pull it up on your computer or pull out a paper calendar if that's what you prefer But I'm going to suggest an analysis of 2019's calendar at three distinct levels, because I think there is value in each. And again, this will help amplify the success of your 2020 plan by reflecting on 2019. The highest level review in the first part I would suggest is looking at 2019 as a whole, but maybe diving into the monthly review. Um... The months uh, obviously are not created equal, yet many of our annual plans tend to assume an equal or equivalent set of activities in each of the 12 months. But the fact is that's seldom the case. December is almost always impacted by the holidays and perhaps a decline in productivity. And understandably, July or whatever month is your typical vacation-heavy month, if you're able to do that, that also is an impact that you need to consider. Some of you have fiscal year ends that are not with the calendar year end, so June is a crazy month. The The bottom line is, as you go through 2019, I would characterize each of the 12 months. What are the key themes or issues that emerge that you can look back upon which of course are going to help you think ahead to a 2020 plan that takes into consideration those issues that each month provide. What I'm looking for when I do this exercise is again putting kind of a thematic description on each of the 12 months and I'm looking based on 2019 which were the most productive months for me. And specifically, I'm looking to identify one month for each quarter that a lot of positive activity occurred in 2019, and I'm going to look to amplify that even further in 2020. Um, So for me, there were three months that I I identified as effective, and I wonder if you could do the same thing, Uh, determine which months were most effective, which ones were not, and then your plan, again, can accommodate accordingly going forward. The second level of analysis I'm doing on the calendar is now diving a little deeper into the weekly review and trying to see what trends exist as I review the calendar as to where all my uh, required meetings are happening. Are there certain days that always seem to pile up with meetings? Is there opportunity to push even more to those days if, if you're someone who likes to get all your meetings done together? Uh, For me, what I'm looking for is opportunities for more strategic time to do the kind of work that is required. Uh, And I think many of us are the victim of our calendars as opposed to uh, taking advantage of proactivity. Could I push more meetings in a certain direction each week to therefore free up time to do the type of activity my organization really needs me to do as opposed to the occasional distraction and particularly if it's just intermittent meetings each day so you never feel like you can escape. In addition to time-blocking opportunities, in other words, ways I can bulk together meetings on certain days and perhaps free up other days for more productive activity, I'm also looking at my weekend routines. And so that's something you could glance through and see Uh, reflecting back on your monthly themes of which months were particularly busy, um, did you make better or worse those months based on activities you planned over weekends? Uh, Did you give yourself enough of a cushion after particularly difficult weeks and uh, even months with some time off? Or did you plan strategic activity, including professional development, over some of those weekends, which both enhances your professional journey throughout the calendar as well as giving you some professional development opportunities going forward. Now having done the monthly review as a high-level annual analysis and then gotten a little more deep into weekly review in terms of trends and ways to preserve days and productive time. When I get into a literal daily review, what I'm looking for there is who I'm meeting with. And so as you review your calendar and you scan quickly A lot of the standard meetings, you're going to be able to just blow right on by. But as you look at the actual people you met with, um, I think that's going to trigger a couple things. One, there are people you met with way back in 2019 that deserve more of your time and energy, and you need to make a list and see who among your contacts deserve uh, more time and perhaps uh, uh, an intentional effort to get together. I also use this as an opportunity to review your contact list whether that be on your whatever device you keep all your contact information, it's a good time to to scan that as well, particularly around these folks that uh, I would call your aspirational peer group that you want to spend more time with and learn from and so forth. Do you have their information, and are you making an effort to connect with them perhaps in the first quarter of 2020? So having completed your calendar review, I'm guessing you have a page or two of notes around monthly characteristics, weekly trends and themes and opportunities for calendar blocking and so forth, and a list of names uh, and individuals that you've met with or want to now meet with even more uh, to assure uh, Productive 2020. Uh, With those notes, I would suggest you move into the second exercise in your annual review of 2019. And I would describe this as more a qualitative review, an opportunity to kind of think through the accomplishments and challenges that you uh, encountered during the last year. And I think what you find, most of us, we're we're biased toward the recency of the last quarter. And so your mood in this exercise is likely influenced by how successful the last couple months were. But it's worth going all the way back to 12 months ago. And you likely will find that there was a lot more achievement than you realized if uh, you are perhaps feeling less productive here in the last 30 or 60 days. And there maybe were some issues or challenges that are still unresolved that occurred you know, last spring or summer. Uh, if you uh, are keeping a journal, which of course I am a big advocate of, This would be a great opportunity to pull that back out and review some of your entries if you do that type of journaling that can expand upon your thoughts, your frustrations, your concerns, and maybe kind of scan through the whole year and see what qualitative analysis bubbles up um, that can correspond with the more surface level calendar review you did in exercise one. Now, to quantify this exercise and and again, make it more practical, what I'm doing as I go back through the years, I'm looking for two or three accomplishments and two or three accomplishments within each month. And the calendar review likely has primed you for that exact exercise. If you have a journal, you're likely to have even more content. And just by kind of refreshing your memory around the year behind you, you're, you're going to come up with things that you hadn't considered maybe in the near term, uh, both on the positive and on the negative side. And so this exercise perhaps leads to a page, uh, maybe one column on the left for all the positives and one column on the right for all the challenges. And again, these are things you can unpack further, but it's a great start to make sure you have all the key topics on the table. The second part of this kind of qualitative review of the year behind, um, I think, is is important to evaluate your routines and rituals. And I've got six ideas there. Uh, number one, uh, the number one category, which has three, are what I would call the health and wellness factors. And so your qualitative review in this self-assessment mindset, how did you do in the big three that I call sleep, exercise, and diet. And again, this could get wildly subjective. Uh, If you're like me, your analysis of holiday dieting (laughs) is very different from in the middle of the year when you're perhaps more disciplined around what you're eating. But that is among the three things again, I'm looking at and would encourage you to do the same. How did you do, given the busyness of your life and routines? Are you able to eat uh, eat in a healthy manner? Uh, are you able to find time to exercise? you know, whether it be the early morning or evening or midday activity? Does your routine and getting back to your calendar analysis allow you the time to get the exercise you know you want and need and finally one of the things I've been fascinated in particular with some of my reading in 2019 is the science around sleep and uh, what I think is generally a very poor sleep environment for so many of us Uh, we tend to work too much we stay up too late and we're not getting the kind of rest we need to be productive so that is again a self-directed question I would encourage you to consider do your routines allow you for effective sleep, exercise, and diet? And that will lead to, of course, perhaps changes in those routines in the year ahead. Uh, the other routine and ritual uh, area I would uh, suggest you explore are three distinct time periods each day. Think about what your morning routine is like. You know, Is it a scramble to get started? Is it hitting the alarm and and racing out the door, or does your morning routine have opportunities for even greater productivity? But what I'm suggesting here is analyze what your morning is literally like. Likewise, what is your arrival to work and that routine? Are you racing into the first meeting of the day, or are you able to, to get things done before the, quote, formal activity begins. What What is that routine literally when you arrive at your workstation? And similarly, what is your evening routine? Um, is it just a kind of collapse at the end of the day when you've gotten all that you can fathom accomplishing? Or do you have evening rituals that allow you to do other things, um, perhaps on a personal and professional development level, in addition to the work requirements that you are taking home with you. So now that you've done your quantitative and qualitative calendar review and activity review, I would suggest as exercise number three, a formal effort to declutter your life. And we all share some of these characteristics. I'm convinced either at the office or at home or likely both, that there's just a pile of stuff that you need to go through. So I would suggest, again, if you're listening to this during the holiday season, you can find an hour even to go through the pile and not let that kind of clutter reduce productivity that you're going to need to hit the new year running. What I do is simply gather all the piles. This is classic David Allen getting things done strategy. Put everything in one big pile and go through it as opposed to having piles all over the place. Pull up a trash can, pull up a recycling bin, maybe put another pile next to your scanner for items that you can turn into digital format and just go through it. Um, This exercise alone, I think, just has therapeutic value to declutter any of your working spaces, but it will have practical value, too, because you're going to find things, one, that you forgot about. You're going to find a whole lot of things that you don't need anymore anymore. And it's going to remind you of ways you can move forward more effectively. Over the last few years, I have accelerated this process, which was once a multi-hour-long exercise of cleaning up piles, to now a weekly exercise. Even 15 minutes every weekend of going through the pile, I have found to have enormous kind of psychic uh, positive energy around, as well as this, the clear productivity value of not burying things and losing time later trying to find something. The second element of this declutter exercise is electronic. And of course, I know you could get into an endless exercise of going through your emails, which I think is part of it, and and taking some time at least to do a high-level scan of your email, maybe sorting it by recipient. Because I think a lot of categories of emails we receive, you can quickly discard. But if you go back through emails from key individuals, that's when you're often able to find something that either you didn't respond to or could respond to more uh, effectively. I'm also looking at all my devices. Uh, Are there apps that are no longer necessary? Is my home screen on the desktop just a mess Am I carrying documents and duplicates of documents that I don't need anymore? So, again, even one hour of decluttering your electronic uh, items can have a huge effect. The third and final element I do here is review my filing system electronically. I use Evernote to organize my electronic file cabinet, and so a relatively quick review there allows me to eliminate duplicate files and then look for items that have not been categorized effectively or at all so that I can put them in a place that I'll be able to find them later. Again, nobody's going to get excited about this activity, but I would suggest find a comfortable chair, clear a nice table with plenty of space to spread things out, turn on some music that you enjoy, and knock it out. Well, the fourth and final exercise in my recommended year-end review ritual is to go back very intentionally around all the professional development content you acquired in 2019. Because if you're like me, you likely sampled a lot of activity, whether it be reading, whether it be online, whether it be going to a conference or meeting with someone that you would consider an aspirational peer. But what you likely didn't do... Is, is go back and reflect on next steps in each case. How many of us come back from a conference, and, in fact, motivated all the way home, but then, of course, once you get home, uh, life hits, and you're not able to, to turn any of that good content into actionable productivity. The calendar review hopefully lifted up some items that perhaps you forgot about, the conference you went to. Maybe it was a strategic planning retreat with your organization, Uh, Maybe it was an online webinar you dialed into uh, months ago. Um, Go back and look through the agendas of any of these items. Look, hopefully you kept some notes somewhere. Maybe it's talking to a colleague to remind yourself what was covered. Did you pick up a book while you were there? But there are likely four or five nuggets of professional development value that occurred uh, in 2019 that you probably have just put on the shelf, so to speak. And this would be an opportunity to pull it back out and see if it's something that you may want to incorporate into your 2020 plan. And the final element of the final exercise of this annual review is literally looking for key learnings from things you read in 2019. Um, As you may have figured out, I'm a big fan of book reading, Not that you can't consume content from many sources, whether it be YouTube videos or blog posts. I do think there is real value in looking for uh, authors and topics that are of interest to you and reading them in a deeper format. I keep track of all the books I've read. In fact, I've disciplined myself now to write a kind of quick one-page book report of every book I read during 2019. And I I prompt myself in that report, what are the three takeaways from this book that that I want to remember? And so I can go back through now my 2019 reading list and look for key takeaways that really have um, meaning for me personally and likely provide ideas for my 2020 plan. So If you have been reading, and I hope you have, and if even better, you have taken notes or perhaps can just kind of go back and skim through those books to see what memories emerge, I bet there's some takeaways that can be used going forward. And that would be another way you could use this fourth exercise to remember and retain professional development content from 2019 so that you can, in fact, put it to work. That final topic of book review is a good segue to the next episode in this mini series, and I'm going to give you some specific recommendations about what I found were some of the best books I read in 2019, and ones you might consider putting on your list for 2020. Well, that concludes the first part of this year-end mini series focused on an effective annual review process and four specific exercises you can employ to assure you're taking advantage of everything you learned during the previous year and better put it into the plan that you're going to have for the year ahead. Stay tuned for more of these bonus episodes as you look ahead to 2020. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any of these special editions. We're going to help you get closer to your next nonprofit leadership opportunity. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll see you next time on the path.